the whole family under one roof. Christmas bakes cooking in the oven, the winter roaring outside the front door. It doesn't really get much cosier than Christmas. Christmas? Oh yeah, that's right, I've mentioned the C word. I currently have Michael Bublé defrosting as we speak. And in this week's podcast, I'm going to be sharing my first few ideas with you for having a Hooga Christmas. Hello there and happy 1st of November. It's Kimberly here, your host for Who Got In The Early Years, the podcast. I hope you're all well and have been enjoying all of the golden sunlight that comes with this lovely time of year. We've been really lucky here in Yorkshire. We've had gorgeous, crisp, sunny days, blue sky, crunchy leaves. It's been bliss. Now, I'm going to start this week's podcast with a little bit of an apology. I was actually debating whether to record this week or not, um, because I do have another cold bug. Oh, it's that time of year when all the bugs just hit us, and I've been taking my vitamins, I've been trying to look after myself really well, but yes, I've been struck down by another bug, and so my voice and my nose is sounding a little bit nasally today, and I know it's not the nicest sounding voice to listen to so I do apologize but I've made the decision to go ahead anyway with this podcast recording because I have got lots of exciting things that I wanted to talk to you about today. As I said we've been planning Christmas here for a little while now. I've actually been working right back in August with my fabulous photographer friend Marianne Scott taking some great Christmas product snaps that we'll be using over the Christmas period. We've also booked in our complimentary Christmas events for all of my members at the beautiful Rudding Park Hotel and Spa in December and that's over in Harrogate and I'm just so excited for that. I love treating my members and being able to look after them really really well just to say thank you for all the support that they've given and I've been planning lots of special treats and goodies to give away um, during that event too so that's very exciting and then over the past week or so we have been getting ready to launch our short course which actually went live over on our website yesterday, which is a child-led Christmas made easy. So it's giving you all the tools and inspiration you need to let child interests guide your planning, your provision and your provocations over the Christmas period. Because often it's a time when things do get a little bit hectic or we feel like we're on a conveyor belt rushing from one thing to the next. And I don't want us to miss out on the magic of Christmas. So I've prepared this training for us. It's brand new training and I know you're going to love it. So that's over on my website now. Do take a look at it. Now, as I've said, Christmas really is a wonderful and magical time of the year and a time that most Danes associate the most with feeling hygge. But it can also be a time when many little ones and big ones start to feel unsettled, showing changes in their behaviour. So let's unpick why this happens. Now let's think about what we know on the brain. The brain loves routine, familiarity and pattern. And for most of the weeks of the year, the brain gets this 
in a school or nursery or um, home educators um, environment. But as soon as we get to, I don't know, maybe the 1st of December or even before that, we start seeing changes to our timetable. We see that we're planning in things like nativity rehearsals, going to watch Christmas shows, carol singing events, Christmas parties, and um, having a Christmas dinner, perhaps in a different part of your um, school than what would usually be used for lunchtime. You've also got lots of different people coming into school, lots of parents that might be coming in for stay and play events, or perhaps you've got um, Santa coming for a visit as well. And so it can all be very overwhelming on the senses. And often our classrooms become a hive of flashing bright colors, lots of noise. And again, that can just be a little bit too much. So I want to talk to us um, in today's podcast about trying to keep some of that calmness during the holiday period. So let's think about how we can plan our spaces and our provision so that we're giving children an area to self-regulate by perhaps um, setting up a cosy, quiet nook tucked away, for instance. Um, helping children plan for the change as soon as possible so that we allow for this to run smoothly. Having things like your visual timetable in place or a now and next board so children can see what's coming and prepare for that. I also like to share stories about Christmas time in schools and settings, even making up my own with pictures from previous Christmas experiences. All it takes is a few words and dropping a few photographs into a PDF, printing it out and sharing it with your children so that they know what they can expect. They know what Christmas is going to be like in school or in nursery because for many of them, this will be the very first time that they've experienced it. Now, I want to tell you a story now about a little boy that I had in my reception class a few years ago. We'd set up our classroom provision with the children this particular year. And, you know, it looked great. It was very sparkly. There was lots of bright lights. There was lots of Christmassy smells going on. And I had one little boy with um, senses that were heightened with the brightness of the lights, the shininess of the baubles, the reflections that were coming off these and the smell of the real Christmas tree that we'd used. And his behavior just went completely um, off record, really. He would start charging himself into the Christmas tree, knocking it over. He'd be running around the classroom at top speed, um, sort of overwhelmed with everything that was going on. And it's very easy for someone that doesn't know this child or recognizes needs to class that behavior as, oh, bad behavior or undesirable behavior. But actually, we had to unpick the root of what was causing that. And knowing the child well, we should have known that having so much out was going to affect his senses. It was going to become too much. And we realized that he'd become quite obsessed with the Christmas tree. He loved feeling it and touching it and looking at himself and his reflection in the shiny baubles. Um, but because his fine motor skills and his gross motor skills were not um, as developed, 
as maybe they would typically be for a five-year-old in reception. His, um, his movements appeared to be very clumsy. So when he was grabbing the Christmas tree to pull it towards him to look at himself in the Christmas tree baubles, so what would happen is the Christmas tree would just go flying across the room and then obviously the impact of the tree falling over sent this particular child's senses then into even more of an overdrive. So um, what we had to do was we had to consider how we presented Christmas to our young children so that we were meeting the needs of everyone. Now it wouldn't have been fair for us to take Christmas away because we had 28 of our children in our reception class. So instead, what we did was we took the shiny baubles off our fir tree. We replaced our brightly multicolored Christmas tree lights that were flashing and singing and dancing with some warm light, white LED lights that were just on constantly. They weren't flashing, they didn't change color. They were just there. Um, and then all of the children went out on a foraging walk for sticks and pine cones, sprigs of greenery. We collected up some leaves and we made some leaf confetti and we made our own Christmas tree decorations from the nature around us. And we added these with ribbons onto our Christmas tree so that our Christmas tree looked and felt really beautiful. And... Then underneath it, we laid out some cozy uh, sheepskin rugs and woolen blankets and fleeces and a nice basket of books so children could look at Christmas stories together. And it felt really cozy. And if we look at what a Scandinavian Christmas looks like, we can see that many of their trees appear to be quite sparsely decorated, maybe just sticking to one or two colours and adding in lots of natural elements. And so that's really what we tried to create with this tree in our classroom, a very calming tree that reflected the needs of our children. And then for the child that I've spoken about in this case study, we gave him his own treasury basket filled with lots of shiny objects and mirrors and baubles that were safe for him to look at with his key person so that he could still experience all of the things that he loved but in a really safe and manageable way. And this worked really well. We also created a book with this child about Christmas trees and we went for a walk mm -hmm. around our school and around our grounds and we took lots of photographs of different kinds of trees and we filled this child's book with those images. So that became a collection of what Christmas meant for him. So there you go, there are a few ideas of how we celebrated Christmas in our class thinking about the needs of our children. The next thing that I want to tell you about is the way we created our home centre provision, so our home corner. We decided to enhance it in a really natural way for how you might see and experience Christmas and winter in your home. So we added in things like porridge boxes, hot chocolate tins, rice pudding tins of different sizes and weights, which allowed so much maths to take place. Um, we added in some nice fair isle fleecy throws and warm cushions. Um, we added in things like photograph albums of different families around the world celebrating and enjoying Christmas and winter together 
which added as a super talking point. We created a baking cupboard where we put in their cake tins and recipe packets from things like currants and oats and Christmassy recipes, Christmas cutters. Um, we were very, very lucky to be donated a wood burning stove that actually no longer worked, but we could have it in our home centre and the children created their own flames that we stuck on and it gave it a really nice warm feel. Um, we then collected up some logs and we displayed these at the side. We then added in lots of natural literacy opportunities, things like writing gift cards and gift tags and wrapping up presents. We gave the children some brown paper so that they could actually decorate this themselves, doing some painted stamping with, um, with sponges and then they let it dry and then they used ribbon to wrap up their own presents. And that was a really lovely enhancement. We added into our home center some board games and jigsaws because many families play games at this time of the year. We also added in a Christmas TV guide, some Christmas aprons, an advent train, Christmas mugs, and oranges in the fruit bowl. So there you go. There are just a few ways that you might like to have a calmer and more magical Christmas. Now, in next week's episode, I'm going to be talking about how you can use the child's interest this Christmas to really go with this and go with your planning. So I'm going to give you some real examples of how you can record this down, how you can set up some provocations to deepen and support the learning, and just lots of ways to have a really fabulous time this year. So there you go. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, I would love it if you could share it on your social media page or if you could recommend it to a friend, tag me in it, um, send me a direct message or an email, tell me what you liked about it, write me a review. I would just love any of this because my goal is to really reach out and have an impact on as many educators as we can so that we're supporting them and giving them the tools that they need to be the very best version of themselves. Okay, well, I hope you all have a really lovely weekend and I will see you and speak to you again next week. Bye.